Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR25. When you do that, you'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, in studio today with beat writer Michaela Perkins, soon to be joined by beat writer Patrick Lyons, with thoughts on the Colorado Rockies taking the series over the Philadelphia Phillies. Two games, two wins to one loss. They've won four of their last five, counting the two game sweep over the Houston Astros. A couple of teams here who weren't playing especially well, but Mac, two teams that a lot of people pick to make the postseason, and and you and I have been talking about just before this series. You you'd come out and said, "I think they can not only win the series, but specifically win the first and third game of the set." That's how we saw it play out. I mean, who would have thought? Hey. I, mean, I did. I called it. Right. Who awesome to see them doing so well you love to see it they raked today it was a great offensive game for them obviously their best offensive game so far this season let's freaking go yeah a 12 to 2 win you know this is one of the things i really wasn't as much as i was saying you know this team's not as bad as people think uh, the starting pitching is going to keep them in games the young hitters are going to have their moments a 12 to 2 outburst against a, a true contender in yeah. the east is it was a little bit shocking even to me to see him come out and, and do all that stuff obviously punctuated by the big grand salami from <laughs> your dude my dude Trevor Story Trevor Story oh what a moment i had so we did a a pregame a preview of the series on Friday and I called it. I was like, I just have a feeling that this is going to be the series that Trevor Story breaks out. Obviously, he was in a bit of a hitting slump in terms of not getting any home runs so far this season. Then he gets that one on Friday and then a grand slam today. You just love to see it. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we all want to see from Trevor Story. I'm sure he feels a lot better. Obviously, when he hit that grand slam, he was very excited. He screamed at the dugout, let's go. You love to see that kind of energy. I'm so happy for Trevor. You know, I'm sure that's a big weight that has been lifted off his shoulders. I'm sure that zero in the HR column was kind of just looming over him and making him feel, you know, a little depressed. So I'm so happy for Trevor. It was so great to see that grand salami. And it was a grand salami with tacos, yeah. which is even better. So go get your free tacos, courtesy of Trevor's story. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, you really could tell, like, the first one, you know, was almost more a sense of relief. Right. Like, it barely got out. Yep. You know, it was still Squeaked early over. in the game. <laughs> It's a solo shot, so there was still plenty of baseball left to be had. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure he still felt entirely like his swing was was right exactly where it needed to be. And then the one today, uh, A-plus bat flip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous bat flip. I mean, Beautiful. Uh, I should find who said on Twitter, and I 100% agree, I, I retweeted it from DNVR Rockies, that we need that bat flip immediately in MLB The Show because you can customize them. And they get, like that was, a, but more than relief, exuberance yes. joy excitement yeah. mm -hmm. for basically having just won the baseball game in the fourth right. inning oh yeah that was the deafening blow there was yeah. no coming back from that that was the moment the Rockies won the game so it yeah I just can't I can't say enough how relieved and happy I am for Trevor because I'm sure that was just like a huge weight lift off his shoulders and he feels much better now hopefully less pressure when he steps up to the plate so he can perform at that high level we all expect and know that Trevor can perform at so yeah it, it's definitely one of those finally moments it's like yeah. as much as you can believe you should have better results until you see the ball go over the wall it's just tough to to feel that way to get two of them in a series mm -hmm. break out have one of them really as, as you mentioned basically be a game winner and 
yeah, I, I think we're going to see some more star level Trevor story for the next couple of weeks, months. How long is yeah, let's not July? let's not <laughs> worry about that too much for right now and just enjoy it while he while he's here. But it, it really was nice to see him get that one today. You could see in his eyes, in his face, and yes, in the bat flip, how much it meant to him. And yeah, I actually cool. had a moment too after he hit that grand slam and he was running the bases. I was like, all right, I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. Like this is a great moment for Rockies fans. It was, like I said, the defining moment in the ball game. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to lay on back. <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy this game right. because, you know, we don't know how many more of these we're going to get. But for this moment, I don't care about that. I just care about watching Trevor Story play this baseball game and hit a grand slam. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh. Yeah, all right. Uh, so uh, another excellent performance today also on the flip side of things. Might have gotten lost once the game got blown open. And, uh, you know, with two monster home runs from Bryce Harper that punctuated it that were maybe difficult to see. But other than that, John Gray dominated this Philadelphia Phillies lineup. Nobody got anything going against him. No threats. Like I said, the two home runs from Bryce Harper that have not landed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Beyond that, shut everybody else down. John Gray continues to be absolutely fantastic here in his contract year of 2021. Yeah, I mean, he even got a hit today. He drove in a run. That's right. So he got that he, rally started. Yeah, not only did he look great on the mound, but he also drove in a run for the Rocks. So hashtag pitchers who rake. You absolutely love to see it. Who needs the DH? Not the National League. But I was, I mean, it was awesome to see him get that hit. I I, I will say, I like you were talking about taking in the the Trevor Story Grand Slam. I took in that John Gray hit, knowing that this is probably the last year we're going to see pitchers hitting. And it really was a great moment. I mean, two strikes on him, two outs in the inning. Rockies are still down two to one Mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. And what would ultimately become a seven-run inning. So if John Gray doesn't produce that single up the middle, who knows if the Rockies are able to chase chase from the game uh, and get into the bullpen that early for, for Story to get that, that grand slam. So to see uh, him contribute offensively is not only really fun, because yeah. it's always fun to see, but it's, you got to take it in because it's, it's a, a rarity now. It's not something we're going to see too often. And it's it was cool. You could see, again, how excited he was at first base for having done that. And then with what unfolded afterwards, it just became that much more important. Yeah, absolutely. And to him on the mound, I mean, another great performance from John Gray. I've started to kind of like let myself believe a little bit in this pitching rotation. Like I've always been a little hesitant to kind of throw my support behind Rockies pitching because I'm sure everyone out there can relate. It's a scary thing to (laughs) sell your soul to the Rockies Uh pitchers. Uh But I'm starting to kind of buy into it a little bit too. And I think obviously the performance today from John Gray helps that. Um, Obviously now he's three for one on the season. He's won three of the four starts that he's made. He's sporting a 2.54 ERA, Whew. which is awesome that's for amazing. Coors yeah. pitchers. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome for anybody, but right. for Coors, you add that in there, and yeah. it's just, yeah. Yeah, and he's done what the Rockies need him to do, except for like that first game where he had that weird cramping issue against the Dodgers. He's gone you know, far in the ball game, six innings, seven innings. He's done exactly what the Rockies need him to do, and his slider is just yep. chef's kiss. Only so walked good. two guys today. I thought mm-hmm. that was important. But, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, the, the slider, 
now the one the first slider he threw to Bryce Harper that got absolutely destroyed was just hanging right in the middle of the plate that's yeah. a bummer the second one yeah the second one's a bit of a tip your cap he threw it low it had good movement on it Harper had to have been looking for the slider went down and got it you do you tip your cap on that but yeah the yeah. rest of the game I mean he was hitting his spots I said only walked the two guys six strikeouts uh, only four base hits two of them again yeah <laughs> have not yet landed but wow that's it's as good a performance as you could ask for from a starting pitcher at Coors Field and especially like you know when they when they come against guys like Bryce Harper it's a little bit more forgivable because it's Bryce Harper but right yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. again, there's a reason the phrase tip your cap comes from baseball. At some point, you just appreciate that somebody's... In fact, we could even toast the Breck Brew. Though We're going to toast it to John Gray and Trevor Story in this one, the big winners for the Colorado Rockies. And you can get a much bigger Breck Brew down here at the DNVR bar when you become a member. You should become a member today by going to the DNVR.com, subscribing to the annual. When you do that, we'll send you a free shirt from the DNVR locker. Plus, we'll hook you up with a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. It's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. Go and check them out. They've got all kinds of phenomenal reviews there. You can also use the promo code DNVR30 when you're ordering their CBD products of other varieties than that free holistic stick that you're going to get because you're going to become a member. I can feel it. feel it in my bones. I feel you out there typing in right now, thednvr.com. Go into the page. Signing up for the annual subscription, and I can see that shirt and that free holistic <laughs> stick going out your direction. And then all the other discounts you get weekly on our merchandise, getting to come hang out with us in the Discord channel and talk movies and baseball and other sports and pretty much anything and everything under the sun all the time. It, it, there's just so many reasons why you've got to become a member of the family today. Don't hesitate. Uh, turns out these Rockies might not be as terrible as you thought. And at the very least, I think they're going to continue to be entertaining. So join the family. It's a good time to join us. Yeah. Come on in. Um, it's also always a good time to save money. And you're probably spending way too much money on your insurance. Gabby Insurance can help you out there. It stands for Get a Better Insurance. Easy way to remember it. It's G-A-B-I. Get a better insurance. Go to gabi.com slash DNVR today. It'll take you less than 10 minutes. You just plug in a little bit of information. And in, well, like I said, less than 10 minutes, they'll hook you up with a whole bunch of quotes. You pick the one that you think is the best, you start saving money. I saved over 480 bucks just on car insurance for the year. Our guy Eric Weedham saved over a grand. Uh, Lindsay saved some big money. Uh, I know everybody here has been saving money with Gabby Insurance. Anyone who's got anything that's insured has saved money. It costs you nothing. There's no obligation, no text messages, no emails, just money that stays in your pocket. Again, it's gabi.com slash dnvr. All right, a few other. Well, I, I want to get to anyone who's noticed one of the players who was key in this series that I haven't talked about yet is noticing that I'm uh, exhibiting some real self-control so far. <laughs> but I want to go back now and talk about the first game of the set and the hero of that game, the walk-off home run in that one. And, uh, Guy, I think he ended up with five, no, 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 six hits with that last chopper that he had in this series. My dude... Raimel Tapia. How about this young man right now? Yeah, he is. I mean, wow. He's he's one of the Rockies' best players in their lineup so far this season. He is a consistent bat. He just is just 
performing at a level obviously higher than a lot of the other players are. Obviously, he's one of the longest tenured players on the roster, so that's kind of kind of be your uh, status quo there. <laughs> that but blows my mind every time you say it. I know. That blows my mind. <laughs> it's so weird to think about, but Raimel freaking Tapia, El Congrejo, you're doing it, dude. He's, you're doing the thing. He's doing the thing. I sent out this tweet during the game, um, and I was really glad that I didn't jinx him about the strikeout. So Raimel Tapia has struck out seven times this year. Seven times. That was 9.3% coming into the game. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculously low. Almost certainly unsustainably low, but that's an absurd rate. He hasn't struck out since Jacob deGrom got him, and Jacob deGrom is striking out 14 people a game. Yeah. Right, he, right yeah. now? Yep. <laughs> so Jacob deGrom got him during that doubleheader a week and a day ago from when I'm talking now. That's the last time he struck out. The only time he struck out on the homestand. Of course, I sent that tweet out, and the next two at-bats, he was in an 0-2 hole immediately, and I was like, oh, no, yes. he's going to strike out. Yeah. But he didn't yep. in either of them. One, uh, he, he rolled over to the right side, but it brought in a run. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, he got a Baltimore chopper uh, <laughs> and ended up with a base hit. And you just go, oh, okay. Th this has always been the Rymal Tapia experience, right? Yes. He just, he's always doing stuff and causing chaos and to see now that particular element of his game that was always present in the minors the not striking out mm -hmm. putting the ball in play where his first couple of years in the majors he was striking out yeah and now to see it you're just like that's that's the guy there he is this is i michaela i'm so excited <laughs> yeah having so much no, fun watching him play baseball be. it is really exciting watching him play baseball you know we all who have watched the rockies for a while have been the one of the like the one of the players we've been the most excited about has been Raimel Tapia. You know, we we see the potential that this kid has. We see the talent that he has and what he brings to the Rockies roster as people who watch the Rockies. Obviously, you know, it's the curse of Coors that he gets a little overlooked and anywhere else. But I think he's one of those people that we genu genuinely care about because we know the potential that he has and we know what he can bring to this roster. And so to watch him do something like he did by walking off and helping the Rockies win on Friday was just awesome. And something that you talked about too was, you know, he's, he's being patient. He's taking his at-bats deeper. He's waiting for the right balls. And one thing that I love about the way Ryan Altapia plays baseball is just, um, you know, when he's at the bat or he's at the plate, it's not like he's... Um, I, I just don't see like that overly, like, I just, I don't know. He just seems so calm, cool, and collected when he's at the plate. And yeah. even when he's down 0-2, right. yeah, when he gets behind an account, it's not like you can see the dread on his face, which like obviously baseball players don't usually show a lot of emotion like that. But like, I never panic for him, you know? Right. Like when some batters are at the plate, I start panic on, panicking on the inside <laughs> board. Cause like, oh no, if they're down 0-2, like it's game over. But with Rymel, when he's down 0-2, like all it needs is that one splitter ball that he took yard and you know, he's going to come up big for you. So I never panic yeah. when Rymel's at the plate, which is great because I panic a lot when I watch the Rockies. <laughs> there's, a, there's a decent so amount of panicking Not having on. to panic when Rymel comes up to bat is such a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, well, there's a couple of ways, a couple of things I want to say about that. There, there was a moment similar to that for Josh Fuentes today where mm -hmm. I, I did feel that little bit of panic. If you remember, it was kind of right in the middle of, you know, it was right before um, the, the whole run. It was the first yeah. run that they needed. There's one out, runners at second and third, and they had bunted him over. Yeah. 
to get him into that situation. So they're giving Josh an opportunity here where he doesn't have to get a base hit to produce a run to make it a 2-1 ball game. But Josh has really been struggling with the bat this season, and he's been striking out a lot. And that's one where I kind of went, oh, man, there's a big moment for a young hitter. And you think it's a random ass April game. Wow, is this a big because if he strikes out right there? Yeah, he's going to feel like he just let his entire team down. The Rockies probably aren't going to score that inning. They went on to score seven runs. He had to get the ball in play there after that successful bunt. Mm -hmm. And he took a very reasoned, like inside of himself swing, drove the ball pretty deep into the right center field gap, an easy sack fly. And that was the first run of the game for the Rockies. And that was great to see, you know, back on your point about Rymal Tapia right now, you've got that opposite feeling of, doesn't matter what the count is, there's a guy at third, and you all you need is a ground ball to second base. Right. You feel extraordinarily confident that Tapia can at least give you that. So, yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to say about the walk-off was... I, that was hilarious. Um, for, for those of you that watched it very carefully, he was trying to hit a home run with every swing he yes. took and he dipped like he leaned and he dipped in an at bat, which is terrible form in almost any other situation. Like you don't want guys doing that regularly, but it was a reminder that Rymal Tapia can totally change what he's trying to do with the bat. At any given moment. And he's normally not trying to hit a home run. But when that's the only thing on his mind, like he went down and got a splitter that was probably not going to be a strike. Yeah, no. It was super low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just love how transparently, like, his normal swing went completely away from him. Yeah. And then you would worry, well, like, okay, is that going to mess him up for the rest of the series? No, he continued to, he went right back to being... Because yeah. he's a bat manipulator. And that's one of the reasons why pe- when people talk about his batting average or whatever, the great thing about Ryan Tapia is not that he hits 310. It's that he hits 310 at home and on the road. He hits 310 against righties, 310 against lefties. Consistency. He, it, in May, April, June, July, he hits 310. Yes. <laughs> and, and to see him, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Drew has a bit of a boy crush, I'm, if you couldn't I'm tell. Done. That's my dude. <laughs> I it's so exciting. I think a big part of it is because I saw him do this throughout the minors for so long. And we just really, we'd seen glimpses of it at the majors. Yeah. And now we're just seeing the full Ryan Altapia experience. It's cool. Yeah. I hope everyone, or I, I hope some people, not everyone is enjoying it as much as I am. I know that. But I hope some people are enjoying it as much as I am. I think there are very few people out there who are enjoying watching the Rockies as much as we do, but it's fine. <laughs> That's okay. But they're all here hanging out with us, subscribing on the YouTube channel. I'm sure hanging out uh, so that you're catching all this stuff live. You don't want to be behind if you're only listening on podcasts. You're probably getting it day after the fact. So you got to be here with us live hanging out. Um, and I agree with Blake in the comments here that the move to the leadoff spot was big for Rymel. So yes. And it really focused his approach. So. Yes, I 100% agree. Um, and Will is chiming in with Fuentes has a lower on base percentage than his batting average because of the sack fly. <laughs> Baseball is such a weird so sport. So weird. He's got, how is that even possible? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, okay. So who else had a big series in this one? Well, we CJ Cron. That's right. It's time to talk about it's the, the Cron Zone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tech Boy. <laughs> oh man, he threw out 
some laser beams. Actually, the hardest hit ball in the game today was his single. I'm not in the surprised. Middle of that that yeah. dude is freaking huge. <laughs> yeah. Like, I expect the ball to be at least hit like 102 miles an hour off that bat or higher every time he hits the freaking ball because he is just a very large human being. He, he is. He added a, a two-run home run late. He had a bunch of hits in the series, bunch of RBI on the homestand, really broke out this homestand. It yes. hadn't really done anything for the Rockies yeah. other than commit a couple of key errors yeah. and have some ugly at-bats. We fact, were worried about him. We, we were, were like panicking. We were like, oh, God, Mac and go. Patrick like, and I were talking <laughs> in the slack right before this happened, and it looks like we might have Patrick to be able to join us soon to jump right in on this conversation because starting to wonder, like, is CJ Cron just done? And then the guys got like 10 RBIs. Well, we were even saying this past couple of series have bought CJ more time on the major league roster. Like he was very close to not having any more time up here, but he, he, he figured it out and he bought himself some more, some more time on the Rockies roster. And according to Bud Black in the post game, Cron hasn't changed anything in his approach uh, because, again, as, as a veteran of, you know, at 10 seasons, uh, 120 home runs to his name, you know, he knows what he's doing, yet it just wasn't happening for him. So we're seeing his walk rate continue to, to go up a little bit, strikeout rate go down. He's driving in those runs. And, and as, as much as, again, his uh, play in the starting lineup – might be taking away some time from, from some of the younger dudes. He does provide a lot of lineup protection for today, Ryan McMahon. Again, young guy in the lineup. He's he's trying to help out Charlie Blackman a little bit. So I think you do understand that at, at a certain point, you can't just throw out a, a roster of crazy young guys. Um, but if Cron's if continuing to do what, what he did during this homestand, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to mind at all if he's <laughs> putting together these, you know, Three, four, five RBI games like this. It's been fantastic. Hit the ball at 109.9 miles an hour on a single and 107.5 miles an hour on his homer. Uh, so when he lines it up. Cron <laughs> uh, smash. You mentioned Ryan McMahon in there, uh, and we actually haven't talked about him yet uh, on the show today. Uh, interesting stat that I found because he walked twice in the game, and I thought, man, it feels like he's doing that a little bit more. Well, today, yeah, because he only had one walk on the season coming into today's baseball game. Walked twice, which I think is a little bit of recognition after he took their best pitcher, Aaron Nola Yard, in game two, and what he's been doing all season. He's up there with the league lead at seven, uh, depending on what happened today. Uh, but still... While he didn't have the the biggest homestand in terms of his bat, some great defense, and now he's starting to put the the fear into the heart uh, of some opposing pitchers. He's earned his spot in the the cleanup spot there today. And I think he he needs to learn, and and I'm sure he would say this too, uh, how how to be that guy in the lineup, batting fourth, batting fifth, and just having that different approach where guys are not going to throw him strikes. And so he's not drawing the walks. Right. He is striking out because he's like, man, I can hit. So if it's if it's close to the, the strike zone, maybe I can hit my eighth, my ninth, <laughs> yeah, that et cetera, right? And he'll have to sit back and be patient now that he's kind of in this new skin of – being the big bopper on the team, being the power hitter. So 
Uh, he'll have to adjust to that a little bit. As you said, you know, the homestand, you know, took a, a small step back, but I don't think anyone's really worried with him, you know, moving over to third base because Gaza's been playing so well. So Hampson's been playing second base. McMahon's at the hot corner. His defense has, you know, been standing out really well. So he's still contributing to the club. And, and when everyone else is doing what they need to do, you can withstand, you know, McMahon going a little bit quiet here and there in some moments. We do have now our, our king of the game. We talked about him, of course, a little bit before you came on, Patrick, sharing our thoughts about how great it was just to see almost his reaction to the Grand Slam as much as the fact that he hit the Grand Slam. But what was the, uh, the post-game chatter about Trevor's story really coming through in a, in a huge way for the team today? Well, he said just before I came on that, you know, there were a lot of emotions in that, you know, like it was it was kind of a turning point, um, not just for the game, obviously, but, uh, you know, just for him. Um, he, he talked about the guys having confidence in each other and that they're, they're fighting for one another. And I think you, you hear that typically from a leader who's maybe trying to do too much. And, and that's what Buddy said to, to start it off, is that um, a part of him feels like story – feels like he needs to do too much. Like he has to carry the team. He used those words. That story feels like he has to carry the team. Wow. And he doesn't. And he doesn't. No. Uh, and you saw that look where he hits the home run and didn't even get a backflip. It was more of a helicopter coming <laughs> out of his hand. It was like one of those KBO helicopters. And you just saw the excitement that he had. And it wasn't for him. Like, look, I'm kind of getting off the schneid. I finally, I got my second home run, finally. It was more for his teammates and, and what it meant to them because they had been working so hard. They are keeping these games close. They have helped ensure uh, a winning uh, month of April at home. They're eight and seven. Oh, I didn't but even think of that. Yeah, there you go. Their, their run differential after the series is now plus six. So while they have the worst record in the NL right now, they have a better run differential than three first-place clubs. I'm huh. Looking at you, Mets, A's, and Royals. So again, it again, it's just one of those things to think about, and, and it's probably part of what Trevor's story has been feeling, and you just see it kind of all come out in that moment of like, whew, I'm finally doing my part to contribute to these guys who are fighting and busting their butts because they're all trying to make their way in this game. And they're all trying to win for one another, like they've been all throughout the minor leagues. And so it finally all came out in that moment of jubilation and, and all, all of the Denver Metro area and all Rockies fans in the Rocky Mountain range couldn't be happier for Trevor Story right now. It was a collective fist pump from everybody wearing purple today. Uh, Really fantastic stuff. Uh, as far as, uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I did the Rymal Tapia spiel before you came on. <laughs> I don't know if you want to add. If you, I've said a lot of Rymal Tapia stuff, but seeing him out there grinding, dude, it's just, it's fun. And, and that, like you were talking about with, with Story, maybe looking around and seeing a guy who's hitting right around 300 now, has been on base in every game but two, has only struck out seven times on the year. And one of those was against Jacob deGrom. So that's basically, you know, Sarah. Got him back. Got him back on the homer. So let's, let's cancel that one out. I'm right? saying uh, that when you're striking out once a week, you're contributing to your ball club and, um, actually, let, let, let's let's switch it to somebody we haven't talked about. You can share your thoughts on Tapia. Someone we haven't talked about is Dom Nunez. 
Uh, another great game. I think he came into this homestand batting under 200. He's up around 244 now and just hitting the ball well, catching great games, giving the Rockies life out of the eighth spot in the order. Who would have thunk the bottom of the order not being a total net zero? Oh, is anybody saying, remember net zero, the internet company? <laughs> no. Dial-up? No. What does that sound like? That's a dial-up it's, company. He doesn't. He can hit 200. That's fine. Like again, yeah. it's having the power. It's getting on bases, being that threat, just to say, hey, we're not going to have two easy outs in a row. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a major problem. And you know, he's, you know, I think been more defensive first than the offense. I think the offense has has always been there, but I think there was this thought that you know he's going to be better defensively then maybe offensively and that's where you go all right Elias Diaz can be the offensive guy Dom could be the uh the, the defensive guy and they've actually both kind of done both ends of the spectrum right we saw it Saturday night where Diaz was fantastic throwing out a runner at third back pick on Hoskins at, at third base yeah, like there those was are some, yeah. yet McMahon so he stole the show on Saturday night in so many ways so Nunez has been fantastic leading all catchers Rookie or veteran in triples right now, right? He's got two. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Uh, he's hitting those home runs. I mean, he's one of the leaders uh, in, in OPS uh, of catchers, uh, regular catchers. So uh, he's, he's third in that category. And, and Tapia is, is doing all the little things really well. You know, we, we saw him drop earlier in the week to, to he was batting six, I think, at one point. It was like, all right, let's see what he can do driving and runs. And we saw that today where he goes – uh, hits a grounder down to first base, ends up scoring a run. It's like, that is a good out. That is a great trade. You're yeah. going to take that when his eyes might be getting big, saying, hey, I want to be hitting some home runs too. I want to start padding my stats. And he didn't. He did what was best for the team. And so, again, you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. And, and the Rockies ended up winning and snapping a one-game losing streak. I say it like that because this is the <laughs> first time they've had a – they've lost – a one one, Just game, one game and then yeah. come back, came back to win, right? Because they had a seven game losing streak immediately after their first loss with the Dodgers. Uh or no, no, they excuse me, a four game losing streak, right? The final right. three to the Dodgers, the first to the Diamondbacks. Uh then they lost seven in a row. And yeah, they, they lost to the Mets and they were able to win uh, against Houston. But this is the first in series loss that they had and were able to come back and win. So that's you know, that's something that's I wasn't sure if we were going to necessarily see, but but that's a that's a little feather in their cap, I think, in in this Philly series. Yeah, and well, going back to the Dom Nunez thing really quick, it's so great, like what you guys were saying when you don't have you know that concern about someone who's lower in the lineup being an easy out. I mean, if you can have your catcher providing what Dom Nunez is providing to the Rockies right now, it's always a great thing. Yeah. You just love to see something like that. I mean, even today after uh, Fuentes hit that sacrifice fly, Nunez got on base with a walk after six pitches. So, you know, just little things like that when you are a catcher <laughs> and you can provide that for your team when, you know, it's not really necessarily expected of you because, I mean, who really expects, you know, the catchers to <laughs> right. provide that huge – not that yeah that offensive type of stuff for a team it's really cool to watch and obviously with him you know being relatively new to this roster it's cool to see him contribute in that way too and just not be an easy out um and like when pa what patrick said when you have little things like that little things contribute to bigger things 
So it was cool to watch. Can we can we also give Diaz and Nunez a little credit for the fact that now Rockies starters have eleven quality starts? Yeah, yes. which is I think it's tied for second most right now uh, in in baseball. So I mean that's pretty darn good. That yeah, that actually leads me perfectly into what I was going to say because we're going to do twentieth and Blaze here in a minute. But these are basically the honorable mentions guys that we're talking about right now. Nunez didn't quite make it on the list because they actually had such a good uh, last couple of series. Is uh, here Elias Diaz as as you mentioned. Um, one of the guys who didn't get a quality start as you were talking about the string of them it was Antonio Senzatella who got squeezed in game two by CB Buckner. Uh, I don't have time to get back into it again. Everyone knows where I stand on the issue, but that was a, it was just a bad automated game. strike zone. Automated it, strike zone. Yeah. Automated strike zone. It just, it's uh, time. Senzatella, I think would have gotten the quality start in an automated strike zone there. So we continue to see great starting pitching, uh, good to great starting pitching out of the Colorado Rockies almost every single time out, uh, which is pretty impressive. And you do have to give both catchers credit for that. Another guy who's an honorable mention, uh, just missing. He's, he's got to feel frustrated. He's hitting 325, and Jonathan Daza can't get on 20th and Blaze. Like it, 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 and actually, there were a couple of things today that I really appreciated about not just his approach, but I thought he was emblematic of the team doing this if you recall last season you remember those series against the diamondbacks where they just kept putting the ball in play and it wasn't even quality all the time but these choppers up and down the thing and they're just throwing the bat head out there at it and letting the ball fly around and the rockies did that this homestand particularly jonathan daza before crom started smashing him he had one of those where he just sort of flung the bat head out there as a little lazy fly ball in no man's land and shallow left Patrick, you you really, I think opening weekend, we're highlighting this as heavy as anybody, that the Rockies have to put the ball in play. It has to be their number one goal as an offense. And Daza took some not good, in quotes, swings out there in these last couple of games that produced hits or moved guys over, put the ball in play. And you just like seeing that up and down the lineup. And he had his first career home run, which was, was yeah. fantastic. And and you know he yeah. even said that you know one of one of his idols in Venezuela was Miguel Cabrera, and it said oh it, it reminded me of when earlier this year Miguel Cabrera hit that home run that he thought was a double in the snow because when Daza hit his right. he was in the snow so there's kind of this uh, you know symmetry there for him so yeah he's, he's produced a lot more um, than, than I think a lot of people have expected and you just got to give that guy that opportunity and that's been the good thing that you know Bud Black's doing where he's mixing and matching appropriately where it's like all right Josh you got to fight your way back into the lineup a little bit because right now it's it's Daza's spot to lose and you know he's he's was okay like the last couple nights um, so we'll see what happens with Fuentes but I like that fine you know play the hot hand for the time being because there's still enough of these young and experienced guys going out there playing that it still feels like it's you know it, it's it's being shared it's, it's kind of like instead of having three outfielders and a fourth outfielder you can have four outfielders that all get 450 at bats. Yeah. Like the math actually works if you are, you know, playing three games and then taking the fourth day off, whatever it may be. So it's yeah. it's been a good balance, and it's glad to see Jonathan Daza, you know, contributing in this way. Most people didn't think Daza would make the roster. Everyone thought mm-hmm. he was going to get designated for assignment during spring training. So I mean, huge credit where credit is due. Situation 
Um, I, he's on, he's on my dude team, so I'm a little biased, but he is being that dude for right now. And we love to see that for him, especially when so many people were just completely overlooking him before the season started. But also Patrick, to build off what you said with Bud Black kind of, you know, being strategic with the, the people that he has on his roster. Another guy that I think he's done really well, you know, managing and setting up for success is Jordan Sheffield. He's made six appearances now and has given up zero runs zero 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 era looks pretty good looks great especially <laughs> for the rockies bullpen so i think that's another guy that i wanted to use an example patrick for your um bud black managing his roster well theory just because you know obviously he hasn't been in the most high leverage situations but this is his first year he debuted this year in the majors so you know you don't want to throw him on murder row and let him go up against you know the top of batting orders and things like that. But the the situations that he has been in, he has delivered and has done exactly what Bud Black needed him to do in the in that moment. And he has a zero ERA to show for it. So it's really cool to see him getting a moment to shine too. And I never want to miss a moment to bring him up because I think he's been um, a bright spot for the Rockies so far this season. And it's, it's cool for me to watch just because it was so unexpected. Obviously, you know, he was a rule five draft pick over from the Dodgers that the Rockies picked up. So um, I always have, I always feel like I have to give him a little shout out because it's always cool to see, you know, little moments like that. And getting the final out of any baseball game. I don't care if you're up 10. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little, okay. It's easier. It is easier, but still, he'll remember that like yeah. getting the final out of a major league baseball game is a big deal. And he may not have an opportunity to do that again for a while, but I, I agree. I like the way he's easing him in. And if he keeps pitching like this, he's going to get eased right into bigger and bigger roles. And that's a stat GF. Look it up. The game's finished. It's not safe. <laughs> right. It's just, you happen to get the last out. Yeah. So there's value in that. And I, and I think, you know, great point, Mikhail about giving him that, that shout out. Cause it's, it's again, been a great relationship between how Bud Black is using Jordan Sheffield and how, how Jordan Sheffield has been successful because this might be something to get into uh, a little bit longer on another episode is is what it means to be a Rule 5 pick and how it's very delicate in, in nature. And this is the best case scenario you can get. You want a guy to be so successful that you're almost you know barking at the manager saying, hey, let's see this guy some more. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a great problem. Usually it could be something on the total and other end of the spectrum where you're putting a guy out there in spots where they can't be successful. So that's, again, that's been one of the benefits of, uh, you know, how well the Rockies have been playing and, and making these games competitive because Bud's been able to kind of use Jordan in these just right situations, continue to build his confidence, not give him too much. Yeah. Um, given maybe, maybe it is you're giving him more easier spots, but that's fine because you don't have the option of sending him down to the minors. Right. So if things go bad over two, three outings, that could be very problematic. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have that right now with Jordan Sheffield, who, like you said, no runs all season. Robert Stevenson also uh, didn't give her a uh, run up this whole homestand. Estevez did a, did a pretty good job. Bowden no earned runs. So, I mean, um, after not really needing the bullpen, partially because two seven-inning games on Saturday, you got Herman Marquez hogging the whole thing with his seven-game complete <laughs> game. Um, the bullpen hasn't really been needed. And yeah. that's a good problem to have again. Well, and I just like talking about little things like that because obviously with the way that the season started, everyone was so down on the Rockies. And in my mind, this was going to be the season of unexpected surprises. 
And so far we've had a few of those unexpected pleasant surprises moments. And so I never want any of those to like pass by us. Not that they would because we're all very astute Rockies <laughs> observers. Not that anyone out there would miss but, it. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, like I said, Daza and Sheffield and Stevenson and all these guys, like these are pleasant, unexpected surprises that I think this whole season is going to be about. I think it's going to be a collection of pleasant, unexpected. Uh, pleasant surprises yeah. you know obviously they may be overshadowed by some not so great things every now and then but I just think like you have to be observant of those things in a season like this because you know there's going to be some major highs and some major lows and you kind of need those unexpected surprises to kind of balance those scales a little bit I do like the hallmark attitude of hey these are some <laughs> precious moments precious. that we're going to need to focus on and <laughs> Well, I know that we're going to get the figurines to go along with them, but you're right. You get but when you start and, the and, season, and like the Rockies started the season with trading the cousin, like you have to have that type of attitude. Otherwise, you have no reason to watch the team, <laughs> right. you know? And so I just hope that people will start buying into that theory a little bit more because, you know, I just think it's like Drew has been preaching this whole entire time. This is a team worth watching and every single person on this roster is worth supporting. So we just need to make sure that we're being aware of those moments because – there's they're they're there's, out there like yeah. we we literally well, we can do this now because we're going to get into 20th and blaze which is basically the players that are putting the biggest smiles on our faces you know michaela's bright shining gorgeous smile is well <laughs> all of our smiles are, mine's not quite as bright and shining and gorgeous as hers but i do my best all brought to you by our friends over at green mountain dental the absolute best man they treat you like family out there they're 15 minutes outside of downtown denver They'll hook you up with the free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. They're the absolute best. They've been one of the longest tenured. They might be the longest. Them and Strava, they're right there together. They've been around for a very long time, back to the BSN days. So helping them out helps us out. It helps you out. It really is, as Mac knows, the, the place to be treated as family when you got dentist work going on. So check them out over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, also, right before we get into 20th and Blaze, got to plug our friends at Illegal Pete's. Uh, it was a tacos day for the Rockies. I don't know if they've got tacos there. I think they technically do. At the very least, they've got taco adjacent food and you can get it down at Illegal Pete's. They've also got their own uh, deal going on. You show them a ticket to any event and they'll hook you up with half price off a marg when you order an entree. Uh, but they're absolutely fantastic. Everybody knows illegal peeps. You know it's good stuff. You were just wondering whether or not you were craving it until I said this just now. <laughs> Post series Rockies win illegal peeps. Yep. So yep. get it. <laughs> yep. That's just a yep. We got to talk with them. We got to talk with them about having something like, you know, DNVR burritos. Like if the Rockies scored 12 Ooh. or more runs, like buy one, <laughs> get one free. That's an idea, be, Patrick. They, yeah. They're, they're mom and pop. They're locally owned. So they can't be giving away the kind of mm -hmm. tacos with quotes around them. Um, like, like some other companies, but uh, maybe they do it. And besides making fantastic burritos, they make amazing short shorts. Let's not. Let's 100%. not forget that about illegal peats. They make amazing short shorts. <laughs> the short shorts are Everyone incredible. Knows. If you know, you know. Again, Speaking of short shorts, make knows. sure that you're manscaped. Get yourself manscaped. <laughs> oh, Be manscaped. Stay manscaped. Because if you <laughs> if you got stuff, hey, it's all true. It's a fact of the case. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better. You're going to smell better. And whoever's taking care of you is going to feel a lot better. If you're manscaped, we'll hook you up. With that promo code too. Oh wait, I gotta remember it because I think we. I think it's just DNVR now. 
used to have a number at the end of it. But yep, just use promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. They'll hook you up with 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. You really do. You, you've got to get Manscaped, fellas. It's it's 2021. You've got no excuse at this point. 10 years ago, sure, it was maybe a niche thing. But look, welcome to the future. Get Manscaped. Use your promo code DNVR. Get it all done. All right. I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> 20th and blazed. It's, time, it's blazed. time for 20th and blazed. We've talked about most of these players in relative detail already. Trevor Story starting us off at the number five spot on account of hitting two home runs and a grand slam that won a baseball game and flinging his bat around and reminding us all that he's a superstar. Yeah. I mean, you love to see it. I, I mentioned it on our preview series on Friday that I felt this was the series that Trevor Story was finally going to wake up. His bat was going to become alive and it sure did. Obviously, you know, that first home run on Friday, you love to see it. That was kind of the weight lifted off the shoulders moment, I think. And then today with the Grand Slam, I mean, come on. You couldn't ask for anything better than that. I'm so happy for Trevor. Hopefully he can kind of use this as a jumping off point to feel less pressure and to feel like, you know, the the weight of the team and the future of the team isn't resting solely on his shoulders. And he can just go out there and have fun and swing the bat and hit those home runs that we all know that Trevor Story can hit. Yeah, nine RBI this week. And, you know, after that DeGrom outing where he went 0 for 3, he was batting 245. Dude has gotten a hit every game since then. He's got a seven-game hit streak, which Ryan Maltapia also does. I should have saved that oh. one for a couple yeah, minutes from now. Uh, <laughs> but he's now betting 299. So, yeah, Trevor Story is uh, – I think he can relax. CJ Cron, uh, he can relax. And, and I think all of – you know, Rocky's land can relax. And, and now it's just about Charlie Blackman uh, being able to kind of do Charlie Blackman like things. Yeah. It's your turn, Charlie. Since you mentioned it, that's number four on our 20th and blaze. Who would have thunk at the beginning of the week, we were wondering whether or not he was going to be done, whether or not he was out of baseball in a couple of weeks, fried, sauced, yeah. out of here. CJ Cron reminds us, nope, still a big dude who can hit the ball real hard and real far. Welcome to the Cron Zone, baby. <laughs> we love to see it. Like Drew said, we weren't even sure how much longer he had on this roster, but he's sticking around. He's contributing in the way he needs to be. You absolutely love to see it from a big, big boy like that. <laughs> big, big. Yeah, he also had nine RBI. Dude had uh, four for five today. I mean, right? he's, yeah, he's been doing a, unreal. doing a good job. Strikeout rates coming down too. Like, so you you like to see that? So. They're, they're going out on the road in really good shape. It's, it's good to see Kron doing what uh, he was signed to do. Yeah, I should say we did make this list before he came up with that late home run there. So right. we maybe could have moved him up a spot. But at number three, how can you feel bad about Herman Marquez? Again, I, I'm holding him to such a high standard. I look at a game where he just goes out there and throws a quality start like he's taking out the trash at Coors Field. And I go... Mm, let in a couple of runs though, and maybe could like it's the best he, stuff he's had yeah. all year. He was striking dudes out. Herman was awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he totally made me eat my words because I said he was a ground out, <laughs> a ground like, out really a pitcher. ground ball guy this year. He's a ground ball, <laughs> ground up ball. Whatever this guy this year on Friday. So I'm glad he made me eat my words because he struck out eight. So you absolutely love to see it. I think you know he just keeps 
the trajectory that he's on is really encouraging because every start just seems to be better and better and better. And he keeps fixing things that maybe didn't go right the, the last time. Um, and you just love to see that kind of progression out of Herman Marquez. And I'm glad he made me eat my words about being a <laughs> ground out pitcher because he was striking them out on Friday. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, before John Gray ended up giving up uh, those two home runs to Bryce Harper, uh, it was him and Herman Marquez for starters who did not give up a home run this week at Coors, which is, you know, again, pretty good. Rockies starters going into today had only given up two home runs on this homestand. So, again, the starting pitching has been doing it in every which way that you slice it up, and Marquez at the front of that. If you just got to not count Bryce Harper, <laughs> John Gray, in fact, our number two on the 20th and Blaze is going, look, he's got a 254 ERA on the season. He's pitched well, as Michaela said earlier in the show, every game he's gone out there, he's pitched at the very least well, yeah. if not great. Uh, you know, and, and there are these little moments that, that we've talked about where he maybe could have gone that extra inning, maybe could have struck out that extra guy. Maybe could add the number, you know, don't give up the two monster home runs to Bryce Harper, I guess, but to completely control the entire rest of the lineup and allow nothing. Yeah. I mean, even that walk he gave up, I think there was like a leadoff walk in like the sixth or something like that. It didn't even matter because he got the, the next Rolled three guys up. after that. Yeah. So um, I, I think, Patrick, you might have missed it because you were at the press conference. But I said uh, early on the show, I've always been really hesitant to really buy into Rockies pitching, right? Just because they've burned me in the past. They've had troubles with consistency always. So kind of buying into Rockies pitching has been hard for me personally. But I think today's performance from Mr. Gray and then the pitching – However you look at it for like the, this whole season basically has made me want to buy into this Rockies starting rotation, this Rockies pitching. Obviously, the bullpen's a little bit of a different story. But in terms of the rotation, I feel the most willing to buy into a rotation more now than I have ever felt as a Rockies person in my life. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's a pretty cool thing to feel because it's new for me. I have never felt like this before. So <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, Rockies pitching. I, I like it. <laughs> so yeah, and that's really all cool. without their, and that's all without maybe their best starter mm. again. It, yeah. Day to day it changes, but that's all without Kyle Great Freeland and point. their top pitching prospect and Ryan Rollison. So there's still even that much more to be excited about. And at Chi Chi, we see you out there. You're doing your thing. You're holding down that number five spot. We're going right. to see him again here that as they've got, I think, uh, 13 straight games. So he'll get a start there in, in San Francisco uh, since they don't have an off day uh, for a, a little while. May 6th will be their next one. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the rotation's been been really exciting. John Gray, three wins now. Yeah. Uh, there's only three pitchers who have four wins. And so he's hanging around uh, with them with a, a 188 uh, ERA. Uh, not ERA, but um, batting average uh, against. Oh, so, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah he, he's up there with care, as far as get guys with three wins. We know we know about wins and we know how we much we should or shouldn't value it. But let's let's value it in the positive, smiley-faced way. Again, he's got as many wins as Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Marcus Stroman, Julio Urias, John Gray. I All put him the up same, there with the, you know those pitchers. I think he's one of the best pitchers in the National League so far this season. So, I mean, you'll love to see it. Who would have thought? Certainly so far this season. He's, he's done it at other times in his career. We'll see, as Patrick has said on other shows, whether or not he can do it for the full year. We've seen it for half seasons out of John Gray. 
We've seen it in stints, but never an entire year. And if he does it, he going to get paid. <laughs> and then number one on 20th and Blaze, somebody named Raymel. Oh, my God. Tapia. Huh, I wonder who Did I pronounce Tapia. that right? Did I not look? <laughs> I, you know, you wouldn't be wrong for mispronouncing his name wrong because I don't know if you know this. This is a super nerdy baseball thing. He is considered a double unique. What that means is his first name is unique. His last name is unique. unique. Yeah. There are no other baseball players with the first name Rymel who have played in the majors. And there's no other ball players who have ever been in the majors with the last name Tapia. It's very wow. rare. Herman Marquez. Just, nope. There's a Herman out there. Yeah. Yeah. He's very rare in, in every way. And I love everything just in about love with him. it. I just am. I just, I'll never get enough of it. Even the first out he made today, his first at bat, just a, it's probably the hardest ball he hit the other way. It just happened to be right at the third baseman. It's like it, it, when he gets in this mode, it feels like it's impossible to throw the ball by him. I almost want to go back now and count like how many times he swings and misses. When he gets in those O2 counts, he's fouling off the first two pitches. Like he just, yeah. he's not swinging and missing. Right. And in a game, especially in today's age, where there's so much swing and miss, so many guys who strike out, it's just refreshing to watch someone who refuses to play the game the way it's supposed to be played right. and find success his own way. Yeah. Oh, so dope. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about him. The half yeah. the podcast has been about him so far. So <laughs> we love to see it. No, no, it's great. It's great. Uh, credit where credit is due. You love to see that kind of stuff from Rymel. So. <laughs> all right. We, we, we got to wrap up here. I need you all to, to talk me down on this or just, or just let me run forever. But here it is. Look at this. The Rockies have won four of their last five games. We know they lost two of three to the Mets, but they easily – could have swept that series. We talked about it at the time. The two games they lost were coin flip easily the other way. The game they lost here to the Phillies, they were, in my estimation, exactly one Jolice Chassin <laughs> away from sweeping this three-game set with the Phils. Now they go on the road back to San Francisco, the scene of the crime where we know hangover oh effect. They can't hit. They couldn't score runs. They got swept. Worst series of the year. It's still going to be tough for this young team to learn, but let me phrase it this way. Now at what was the record? They've got it up to, can this team get over 500 is what I'm going to ask. Not for the year. I'm not saying, will they finish with 81 <laughs> wins? I'm saying in the next couple of weeks here with San Francisco and Arizona coming up and then San Francisco again, back at home before St. Louis comes into town with them, raking right now as both of your shirts indicate and with the pitching having been good every game except austin gomber's debut they've been good starting pitching performances what do we think does the team go on a run can they actually maybe i won't even say over 500 can they get to even in the next week will they i think so no i mean no I'm a little – I'm more scared now of the Diamondbacks than I have ever been so far this season. Madison Bumgarner just threw an unofficial no-hitter today. Um, doesn't count. Doesn't count. What did Zach Gallon do? Um, also one really hitter. well. Yeah, one hit. <laughs> one hit. So they combined – Atlanta. They threw a combined Atlanta, one hitter. Atlanta, one of the best offenses, yes, got Oof. one hit in 14 innings yeah. against the D-backs. So Oof. I'm a little bit more scared of them now than I was <laughs> earlier sense. in the season. Obviously, they swept the Reds. They took two of four from the uh, Nationals. So they're doing a little bit better than I anticipated them doing so far this season. I'm a little worried about that, that series more than I would have been if 
they hadn't just no hit Atlanta, but you know, <laughs> we're going to roll with it. Um, they're going to play the giants nine times by the time this, uh, their last series with them wraps up in the next uh, week or two. So yeah. I think they'll be able to kind of figure out the giants by the time um, their nine game, whatever ends. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think it's reasonable that they get at 500, um, I, I mean, also, like, the Cardinals, like, they're not looking too great either. They're pitching. They're having a lot of issues with their pitching. So yeah. I am I guess I'm a optimist when it comes to this because Patrick is chomping at the bit to disagree with me. But I don't think it's out of the question for them to hit 500 at some point soon, um, especially looking at the schedule that they have coming up. Um, the only people that I'm worried about is the Padres series um, starting on May 10th. But other than that, I think it might be – not too far out of the question that they hit 500. Yeah, this is their their best chance of, of doing it because again, the longer the season goes, the the more weaknesses get exposed. Obviously, so being five games under 500 uh, over the course of their next 10 games, uh, three against San Francisco, four at Arizona, three more at home against the Giants. Again, um, they would have to go eight and two during the, the next 10 game stretch Let's go. Uh, in order to get over. Now, if you throw St. Louis in there, if you throw St. Louis in there, yeah, because they're not the world beaters that we think they may eventually be, um, they would go, they'd have to go nine and four over the course of the next two weeks. That feels um, more doable keep in mind, sure now that you, yeah. That seems more doable, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But keep in mind, they, they did just go on a uh, five and one, or a four and one stretch here. So combined, they'd be thirteen and five over a three week stretch. That's that would that would put them as one of the best teams of it. So when you put it in that you know yeah. context, it really makes it hard. They just really started behind the eight ball. But I'm not going to say it's impossible. They definitely can do it. I just don't think they will. Uh, San Diego comes comes to Colorado right after that. Right after, yeah. Then Cincinnati. <laughs> they're back on. They're on the road in San Diego for Arizona. Back to. Uh, New York before they get Pittsburgh at the end of May. It's it's going to be really hard, but hey, one day at a time, right? Tomorrow's a, a new game. Go out and win that one, and you know, can they go nine and four over the next two weeks? Yes, it could but also I, I, all I be about, about timing. Five percent. You know, yeah, it, it, I was just about to say <laughs> that. Like, yeah. look at what's happening right now. Look at how hot this team is after today's game. Trevor Story's waking up at sure. the right time. This might be a good opportunity for Charlie to wake up. Charlie plays excellent against the Diamondbacks. He sure is due. So, you know, it might all be about timing, and the starting pitching has been incredible. So the only really unknown variable is the bullpen in this situation. So, oh, I think I think it's a known variable. Well, okay, it's known <laughs> in the fact that we know that they suck, but, like, it's unknown about how they will either contribute exactly. or hurt the team. <laughs> but I think they've hit, they've hit a bit of a stride. I think sweeping the Astros and then taking two of three from the Phillies is huge for them. And I think that's a nice little confidence boost. And everyone seems to kind of get start is everyone seems to be getting hot right at the right time. So who knows? I, think I like that. Been... And, and how about this? If, if the Cardinals continue to play around 500 and, and should the Rockies go nine and four over the next 13 game stretch, that does mean they're going to win two out of three uh, against St. Louis oh, in St. Louis. Oh. You could oh. have. If, if you're looking at the wild card ratings, or rankings, or whatever you want to call it, you could just have the Rockies shoving it in the Cardinals' face and whoever they have playing uh, at either of the corner infield positions. Uh, and it would go, hey, it's never too early to start playing record. spoiler, dude. It's never too early to start spoiling these Close people's spoiler, seasons. Why not? 
I love Why it. No, not? I even think about like, yeah, what if they just win the next five, get to it, and then drop off entirely? <laughs> Whatever. Let's let's find out. We're going to be watching. Either way, uh, like we said, going into this set, whether they do or not, it's a winnable series. Now, it's tougher because it's on the road, but the Rockies have several winnable series. The next three series are ones you shouldn't be beyond shocked if they win. And if they do that, they'll be right around that 500 mark. And that's kind of fun and cool in a place. I don't think even the most optimistic Rockies prognosticators thought they were going to be right now. So fun and interesting. Like Michaela said, starting pitching has been great. The bats are coming around and they're hot right now. We're going to keep watching that bullpen to see if somebody (laughs) other than Jordan Sheffield and and Robert Stevenson and Daniel Bardew, even he's been shaky can figure it out, but that's, it's this is an exciting baseball team to watch right now. And they showed you today that at any moment they could burst out for 12 runs and they can take a series from a team that a lot of people picked to win the NL East. Maybe not a lot. I think more people had the the Mets. I think they were probably the more common pick. But I think but some people were definitely still high on the Phillies. There were plenty of people. Who I, the I was and still am. I, I think yeah. they can be a, a team. They're going to be in the hunt for sure. Yeah. And the, and the Strohs as well. A lot of people had them. You know, still have them in the hunt for the postseason there. So for the Rockies to come out, win four or five. I know. Mac and I were both before the Not season me. down with the Strohs. <laughs> They're finished. Uh, so, you know, but how are There's you a spoiler, about? right? That's being the spoiler right there. Is, Already. Is, is Cherry picking those those victories. So uh, the, the problem is the Rockies have yet to win a game on the road. They're on six. Ooh. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, the stat. Uh, Throw a little cold water on the party at the end of the show. Jeez. <laughs> Everyone they're has due. at least two wins on the road. Yes, they they're are due. due. Yikes! So we'll be we'll be hanging out with you tomorrow. Are we we pre gaming it? Let's do a little production meeting right here on the air. People always love that stuff. We'll probably because it's California series. We'll probably be pre gaming it for you the next couple of days here on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Be joining us. Be on the DraftKings Sportsbook app so you can be placing your bets and doing all that stuff with us. Uh, hanging out on social media so that way you don't miss any of the extra tidbits that we're always throwing out there for you at Patrick D Lines at Michaela E Perkins at Drew Creek. At Kale Sorbo behind the scenes here. Appreciate you always, Tech Boy. Happy birthday, Tech Boy. Happy birthday, Kale. Happy birthday, Tech Boy. It's Kale's he tied, birthday. He Everyone on go one. follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Kale, happy birthday. One step closer yeah, to being Tech Man. <laughs> <laughs> Still right. Tech Boy, though. I don't want to make you feel old. So make sure you're following everybody. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you get all the written content, all the discounts, all the perks that come with that. You don't want to miss it. I got a few big things coming up for you. I've got the series wrap uh, where I go through everything that worked and everything that didn't over the last couple of days. And I've got the big picture piece on the top five ways to fix the Colorado Rockies that are actually achievable. I know a lot of people want to throw out pie in the sky ways of like sell the team to Theo Epstein. But like (laughs) I've got some like real things that could be done. And, uh, you know, I'm not against selling the team to Theo Epstein. I'm just, Does I'm anybody just... know what Theo's doing at the moment? Do we get him uh, on the phone? He's making I feel the like game. We, need the, we need the reaction from the kombucha girl. Yeah. Like, mm, no, well, maybe. Yeah, no. Uh, so all that stuff we're, we're going to be covering. <laughs> and maybe a Colorado Rockies team approaching 500, showing that they belong, that they can stick around, and that they can beat these teams that people expected to be better than them. Because every time the Rockies win a baseball game, it's essentially icing on the cake. You're, you're, you're 
putting your finger in the eye of somebody who said they were better than you. And when they win the series, you get to go, ha. <laughs> and that's it. So stick, stick with us. Keep going, ha, as long as the Rockies are, are playing well. And when they're not, well, we'll, we'll hang out to go, uh for those as well. Those are the noises that we have for you. We'll have to make a, we'll have, we'll have Eric make shirts. So make sure you're continuing to be absolutely awesome. Baseball fans out there. We know you're having fun right along with us. We appreciate each and every single one of you. We promise to continue being absolutely Kel Sorbo, tech boy slash tech man, Michaela Perkins, Patrick Lyons, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times, and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in, but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it Miro? Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.